Eagle Brand Cigarettes, the mildest, smoothest brand of smoking tobacco in the land, brings you Hidden Harbor Mysteries. The Femme Phantom has saved the day at Father Castle's orphanage, but at what cost? As rumors of more outbreaks of violence cross the airwaves, it seems that the visions experienced by Barbara Wilson are coming true. Without her, what will our heroes do? What of Penumbra and her special captive? We'll rejoin the Battle of Hidden Harbor in a moment. But first... Friends, fall is upon us. And just like in Hidden Harbor... New York City is cooling off. Leaves are turning the shades of autumn, and there's a crisp chill in the air. There's nothing like the first bite of the chill wind to make you want to warm up your hands with a flick of the wrist that strikes the spark which lights your Eagle brand cigarette. Warm and toasty, it cuts the chill in the air and adds that warm, satisfying flavor that warms your soul. The weatherman says it's going to be cold and breezy, so enjoy the taste that's warm and easy. Eagle Brand Cigarettes, available in soft pack and new hard box. Eagle Brand is proud to bring you tonight's chapter of Hidden Harbor Mysteries entitled Masks. The situation looked grim as Caspar Dixon fresh from delivering Father Castle and a dozen young men from the flames, reports that Barbara Wilson, a.k.a. the Femme Phantom, disappeared back into the inferno just as an explosion brought down the entire structure. Yes. We heard a few screams from the closet nearby. I had to get everyone down so I couldn't smack her on the head and drag her down myself. There's no way she could have survived all that. Oh, Casper... You have no faith in me at all. Miss Wilson. Barbara. But, but how? Oh, my word. Barbara. Are you all right? <coughs> Thanks to your magic cloak. Nothing magic about it. Confound it, Barbara. I knew something like this would happen. You went in without thinking. If I hadn't followed you with the right equipment. I'd be gone. Yes, thank you. That cloak you made, it saved my life. Not only from the fire, but from... <coughs> you're tough, but you're not fireproof, you know. You should have a doctor look at you. I think that's wise, Miss Wilson. I am fine, really. Uh, listen to me. It turns out someone set this fire. Someone from Mistress Penumbra's camp. How do you know? I went back in after that voice we heard, Casper. I opened a closet door and found a shop window dummy dressed like an angel sitting in a chair on top of a box. The box attached to a string which was attached to the door. There was a sign hanging round the angel's neck that read, Kaboom. Someone set a trap for you by turning the orphanage into an inferno. Shocking. What kind of monster would risk the lives of children? How else would you make sure the Femme Phantom would make the scene? Barbara, what in the world happened to you? Darling, are you all right? Oh, Foster. Um, yes, I thought I saw someone inside a window on the ground floor. I wasn't thinking, so I ran up to try and help just as the wall fell. Turns out it was just my own silly reflection. You're lucky the wall didn't crush you, darling. Come with me. We need to get you some first aid. 
I'm surprised your assistants here didn't insist before now. <laughs> we don't have the uh, sway you have over Miss Wilson, Foster. But he's absolutely right, Miss Wilson. Yes, I do hope everyone is all right. We're lucky no one was seriously hurt. But who knows where these boys will end up tonight, or how long they'll be on the street. You're right, Foster. I think we should call our friends at the Carton Fisk Hotel and see if they can set our boys up at their overflow location outside of the city. We could have the Cotton Candy Circus players stop over to take their minds off this awful affair. A capital idea, Foster, dear. Don't you agree, Cat? Certainly, Miss Wilson. I hate clowns. What? Nothing. Yes, a capital idea, Foster. Well played, old man. Now... If I go to the aid station, would you see to it all, Foster, darling? But I need to get you to... Nonsense. I can manage. Let's get those boys a place to sleep for the night and a hot meal. You'll be a hero, Foster, dear. Yes, my darling. I'm... I'm glad you're all right. That was close. Even Foster has to be putting two and two together after the museum incident, and this... You'll have to tell him sometime, boss. He's a useful and sweet man, but he'd never stand for a working wife. Kaspar, come in, please. Yes, Dr. Grigg? I'm hearing reports of things happening all over the city. What sort of things? Shootings, lootings. There's a riot in the Lincoln district. Police and fire are stretched thin with the orphanage fire still out of control. Here's the strange thing. The attackers are all women in black outfits with masks. They're hitting libraries and churches, small shops and cars, all over Hidden Harbor. Great. Craig, gather up what we prepared for Wave 2 and meet us at the corner of Capitol and Frost. No time to lose, sir. On my way. I thought this might happen. We have to do something. Yes, this time, though, we hatch a plan that doesn't include you getting killed. I'm putting my foot down this time, Barbara. I'm in no position to argue. I left the cloak and mask in the alleyway. Let's get them and get back to the... Uh-oh. What? It's Father Castle. He spotted you, and he's on his way over. Miss Wilson! This is not good. Nope. Uh, Father Castle! I'm... So glad you're all right. I hear the boys are all present and accounted for. Are you all right, Barbara? You look a little toasty. Yes, I got a little too close to the fire for my own good and... Listen, I don't know how to put this, so I'll just say it. Before the fire started, some of the boys reported seeing two women in black outfits sneaking around the sleeping quarters... Around where the angel found us. I heard the angel was spotted. I just heard the fire chief and Lieutenant Gregson talking about the other incidents and other women in black wreaking havoc on the city. I certainly hope that if the angel is not injured, she and whatever allies she has head straight to Finnegan Street before any lives are lost. Yes, father... I know that she'll do what she can to stop all this. At some point, I should wish to thank her properly. 
for delivering us from the fires of evil. Good day, Miss Wilson. Goodbye, Father. You think he knows? Considering I'm wearing the same smoke-covered coveralls I wore inside, I, I think it's a good bat. He doesn't want to, but he knows. Those purest of heart will see the truth, says my master Fan's son. We have no time to lose. Well, then it's a good thing I brought the extra equipment with me. I couldn't carry it all and zip line in. Let's get to my truck. The trio race into a nearby alley, vanishing in the chaos of rescuers and firefighters battling to prevent the orphanage fire from spreading to nearby structures. A silent and grim Father Castle watches them as they disappear around a brownstone and into action. Three blocks away, a small pickup truck sits empty, and a gray sedan rolls up behind just as our heroes arrive. The gaunt, somber frame of Dr. Krieg emerges from the car and removes several bundles from the trunk. On instruction from Caspar, Cat Sparrow picks the lock on the door of the nearby warehouse office, and soon all four are inside and out of sight. Keep watch of that door, Cat. We've little time, Casper. Krieg, what have you got? Tearing open the bundles, the former Canadian mountaineer and the German scientist produce a wardrobe of clothes and gadgets suitable for an angel on Earth. They help pour Barbara Wilson into the tight corset and pants, attach the cloak around her shoulders, and clasp tight a belt containing several mysterious pockets. How do the boots fit, boss? Not quite angelic, but they feel fine. You can't fight crime in heels. The boots are standard-issue Canadian mountaineer boots. Steel-tipped, flexible heel with better cushioning than I had in the service. Plus, repainted to match the ensemble. If you click your heels together just right, mountaineer spikes will pop out of the soles. Good for climbing or if someone tries to take hold of you by the ankle. The cape. It's a little dramatic, but certainly proven useful. It's made from an experimental material used on infantry tents in forward areas. Lightweight, bulletproof, comes with a hood for those moments you're fleeing gunfire. Or just fire. It possesses the best heat insulation German science could devise. And it's white, the color of surrender. Convenient. It is until you activate the electrostatic chameleon charge. Now it's black. Cool. Smashing. It also detaches if you double-tap the clasp. Or try not to, because the cape is quite pricey and the material hard to come by. Of course. What else? As reluctant as I am to see a woman in trousers... Wait. That clause revokes your permission to speak. Casper? Uh, yes, well, Craig used a similar material to the cape in the pants. Not bulletproof, but it's tough to cut, yet flexible. It's rubberized nylon. I call it tough lawn. I've padded the knees a bit for those harder landings. Opera gloves? That's a tough call, but they're easier to get on and off than a full shirt. So with the cape adding shoulder protection, we opted for these and a top you could conceal under a dinner dress. There's a mirror on the back of the restroom door. Look. What do you think? I look like a character in some Faustian opera. Paid a lot of attention to the bust, they did. Yes. It will stop a hand cannon at point-blank range. 
Not saying it won't sting, but... I'll thank you to not come knocking on my bodice. We'll talk about the shape later. Father Castle said to head to Finnegan Street. The police are trying to block traffic through Midtown. Get me to Dublin and race, and I'll take it from there. You'll need backup. True. Stay on the headsets, all of you, and give me intel from the ground. If I need you to step in, I'll call. I want to find out who's leading this mob and cut off the snake's head. Sounds like a plan to me. Let's go. Krieg, see if you can find a radio band where these ladies are getting their orders. They have to be controlled from somewhere, and I want to know who and where that leader is. Yavor. As our heroes rush to help the protectors of Hidden Harbor, its cruel instigator, Mistress Penumbra, continues her attempt to break through the facade of a woman she believes to be the sleeping Soviet agent known as the Red Wolf. Deep within her secret lair, a psychological game of cat and mouse continues. You are missing quite the affair, my dear. My girls will not only make the upright citizens of Hidden Harbor live in fear, but its underworld cannot help but take notice now. Soon, all of them will bow before us. Why not just be honest with me, dear heart? Your talents are wasted hanging on a chain in my playroom. Why not turn me into your police? You would earn a substantial reward. Even for murdering my poor husband, you might- I have all the money I need. What I don't have is the Red Wolf. Look out over the city, my dear. I own this entire floor, and I have a view of the entire city. See the smoke rising? First from the orphanage to the north. To the west, my girls have set the kitchens of the Glasgow Mission ablaze. To the south, a lumberyard. Over the harbor to the east, a dozen fishermen are about to cast their last nets. Do you see it? The smoke rising from the four corners of Hidden Harbor marks the beginning of great change, my dear. Why would you do this to your own people? They are not my people. Not yet, anyway. I'm taking a page from the Red Wolf's Guide to Warfare. You... you keep calling me this. The Red Wolf. Who is it? The time for lying is over. I'm on your side, after all. It was the Red Wolf who crept into the villages of eastern Poland and slit the necks of the German generals in their sleep and burned the churches and meeting halls. It was the Red Wolf who snatched lives in the night with a silent rifle, who took children from their beds in the night and left corpses hanging from the streetlights in the village square. By the time the Red Army arrived in a village, its people were so afraid of you that they begged the Russian army for protection. It will be the same here. We live in a city where all of the good men have gone across the sea to be fed into the blades of the Russian war machine. It is inevitable that your masters will bring the war to our shores. I am your vanguard. Is it not true that even now a German-made submarine, captured by your Russian masters, hides somewhere in the harbor? I only wished to go home with my husband. 
to flee American persecution. Yes, I've heard that story. Mr. Greenstreet thought it odd enough to bring to my attention. Good thing he did. I believe you were returning to your masters with news of the American underworld. Intelligence about Mr. Greenstreet's black market of weapons and supplies. You knew the only way to truly cripple this city was to undermine its most powerful army. Organized crime. You are a madwoman. You're burning your own city. You murdered my husband and think me some master spy. The Red Wolf would do just as I've done. In their offices and on the streets, our citizens panic. I'd hoped to reach you, the real you, long before now. I wanted you to be part of our revolution. You know nothing of the Red Wolf. She walks the earth without a soul. Life means nothing to her. She serves no men. No man indeed. But she will serve me. One thing I know about the Red Wolf, that even her keepers do not. She was trained by a disciple of Malzut. Your eyes betray the fear that name inspires in even you. Your methods are as old as the invisible hand of assassins. What of your endgame? I do not know. But I suspect you would have set Mr. Greenstreet's plane down on the water just offshore. Made sure the pilot and perhaps even Mr. Roshenko died on impact or shortly after. From there... You would join the submarine at sea and trigger the next step in your master plan. Is it not so? Answer plainly, for I grow tired of your lies. You know the methods of the Red Wolf are not of her design. It is the art of the master Malzut, who is not a man, but a god. If you are his hand, I demand you reveal yourself now. So it is true. Good sister, I welcome you. I only needed you to reveal your true self. There was a time in my youth that I had occasion to reside in the Orient where I came into the service of a common mentor, servant of Malzut. Then you know I am no servant of Stalin and his thugs. I know. You serve only war and chaos. Here. Let us speak as sisters. Look upon this city. There is only one thing that stands between us and our ends. What? Our disciple of our master's enemy, Fan Sun. In Hidden Harbor? If she survived the orphanage fire, and I believe there's an excellent chance of that, she is yours to defile and destroy. My gift to you. We take great joy in destroying the legacy of Fan Sun, even if it takes burning the entire city to do so. The Red Wolf Revealed. Our heroine has yet another challenge to face as Hidden Harbor burns at the four points of the compass. 
with thousands of lives on the line, how will our heroine and her team stop the carnage from spreading throughout the city? Find out tomorrow in the next exciting episode of Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Hidden Harbor Mysteries, Chapter 7, Masks, was written by Jay Smith and produced by Brian Lincoln, with Dave Robison as the narrator, Veronica Jaguer as Barbara Wilson, Catherine Pride as Mistress Penumbra, Rish Outfield as Creed, Laura Nicole as Cat Sparrow, James Baxter Patton as Casper Dixon, Johnny Feisty as Foster, Brian Humphrey as Father Castle, and Lauren Harris as Mishko Shanko. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 license. Closing music is Here We Go Again for the First Time by Juicy Melon Jim. This has been a Brian Lincoln production.